From One World Trade Center in Manhattan, overlooking dozens of golf courses that will never have us as members, this is the Golf Digest Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and today we're going to be talking about the mental game. Now, personally, I have a lot of weaknesses with my golf game, but I know my head is maybe my biggest problem. When things go bad, it's tough to get it back on the right track. And when I'm playing under pressure, you know, real pressure, let's just say I'm glad Johnny Miller isn't analyzing my rounds. But someone who I wouldn't mind analyzing my round is mental performance coach Ed Sang. And our Corey Bradburn recently sat down with Ed. So let me ask you first, Corey, give us a little background on Ed. Yeah, Ed is an internationally recognized mental performance coach, as you said. Uh, He's worked with pro athletes uh, in baseball, tennis. He's a keynote speaker and and a best-selling author. And he definitely has a unique approach to how to help athletes perform at a better level, no matter whether they're professional all the way down through the amateur ranks. Okay, now... Could he help someone like me, or am I lost cause? Is there too much mental scars already? <laughs> uh, he could absolutely help you. Uh, his his tips and and advice is usable for anybody with any skill level. You know, is he going to make you be able to play on tour tomorrow? Probably not. But um, but <laughs> definitely help you. Uh, you know, in those moments where we always talk about being clutch, or or if somebody's going to choke, sure, uh, being able to handle those moments, even if it's just for a five dollar Nassau with with your buddies on the weekend. What was your biggest takeaway from your conversation with him? My biggest takeaway was, you know, in Caddyshack, the scene with, with Judge Smales where he goes, and I never slice. And then what does he do? He slices right into the woods, right? You know, just those thoughts, those always creep into everybody's head, no matter what level of a player we're at. And, and he just gives us a simple way to deal with those, you know, not necessarily block them out or eliminate them, but just how to deal with them. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. For that, I'll turn it back over to you uh, for your talk with Ed. Okay, Ed, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Corey. All right. You know, as a mental performance coach, I'm sure you've seen this a lot, where people go from a practice session to competition. And in golf, you know, from going from the driving range to the golf course, people become <laughs> a totally different player. So explain that phenomenon. What, how do, why does that happen? It's funny. You know, you can even see people's physiology change, you know, on the – driving range they're loose and free and you know they crush the ball and all of a sudden they go and and compete and they look tighter they they walk differently their body language is different and so the only thing that changed physically they're no different but mentally they're totally different so in other words their thinking changed their thinking shifted from oh this is fun you know to oh now it counts yeah and for a weekend player who's you know playing at a five dollar nassau with his buddies how does that all of a sudden you know shift from just hey, I'm a driving range pro, now what? You said the breathing changes, the physiology changes because the thinking changes? Yeah, so great question. So if you go to Barnes & Noble right now and you go to the sports psychology department and you look at the books, I'll tell you exactly what the table of contents is. Affirmations, goal setting, positive thinking, positive psychology. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's a better way, right? When you're playing your best, your mind is clear, right? Your thinking is fluid and, and it slows down. So why would you, when you're not playing your best, try to apply a technique or a strategy or a routine that will make you think more? So when you look at golfers, 99.9% of golfers operate from the outside in. So that means they believe that something on the outside can affect how they feel on the inside. For example, they miss a shot. They think that missing the shot is making them feel frustrated. 
or the weather conditions or who they're playing with or against. But in reality, none of those things can affect how we feel. The only thing that can affect how we feel is our thinking in that moment. So here's a great example. Imagine you're playing golf and you're in a low state of mind and you, you know, hook a ball to the left. How do you feel? How do you react? It's really frustrating. Yeah. yeah. You, you may throw your clubs and do a Billy pull, Madison. Who knows? <laughs> pull a, a Rory and toss a three iron in the that's, lake. That's right. Yeah. Now, it seems like missing the shot is making you feel frustrated or angry. Well, of but, course. But, but let's take a different scenario. You're in the zone. You're feeling confident. You're feeling great. And you hook a ball to the left. You miss a shot. You react the same way? Mm, probably not. It, it, I think it really depends, though. Well, there if you're times- in a low state of mind. If I'm in a low state of mind, I'm obviously going to be more frustrated. Right. If I'm, if I'm playing well, it might kind of freak me out and be like, uh-oh, here it comes. Sure. You know, sure. but it probably wouldn't affect me quite as much. But then that one shot, that one bad shot, I think a lot of people get in this this mindset of, well, I'm playing great, I'm playing great, but as soon as I hit that bad shot, it's over. You know, they convince right. themselves that that's, that's right. the end. So look at the, look at the greatest golfers in the world. Do they never make bad shots? Of course they do, right? Of course they do, yeah. But so what's the difference between the greatest in the world and everyone else? The greatest in the world hit a bad shot, and they have different thinking, right? They're in a different state of mind. So from a low state of mind, we miss a shot. Oh, crap, right? From a high state of mind, eh, it's just one shot. I still got this, yeah. right? So it's not actually the external factor. It's 100% the internal factor, what we're thinking about in that moment. So instead of operating from the outside in, we actually operate from the inside out. So every thought we have, we feel. So in other words, our feelings are coming from our own thinking in the moment, not from something outside of us. Okay. So let's say I'm excited to go out and play, you know, with, with my, my three buddies and, you know, I'm having a good day, crack open a few beers. It's pretty casual. But th- there's there's some money on the line. There's skin, skin in the game. That's that's how yeah. people like to do it. And I, I'm just one of those people who tells myself all the time, don't choke. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because that, that's kind of that's a big buzzword, and, we, and we've seen it happen. You know, I mean, Johnny Miller all the time. He loves to use that word on on air. But when you know, it's it's a five dollar Nassau game, and I'm playing with my buddies, that could be really that could feel really important to me. How do I make that seem less important? <laughs> yeah. How do I enjoy it and sure. not really care if I quote unquote choke? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, when you say don't choke, you're probably going to choke, right? That's like if I say, Corey, don't think about a pink elephant. Uh, (laughs) You think about a pink (laughs) elephant, right? So so your brain doesn't know the word don't. It just hears choke or pink elephant. Right. And, you know, what happens is our experience is what we're focusing on. So if we're focused on don't choke, don't choke, don't choke, well, there's no way we can experience hitting a solid ball. Gotcha. So what can I do instead? Because sometimes those thoughts just – Yeah. I have no control over what might enter my mind at any given point in time during the round. See, a lot of people think that positive thoughts are better than negative thoughts. Well, that's not actually true because even positive thoughts can hurt our performance, right? If you're playing a great round and all of a sudden you have a positive thought, oh, I'm playing great today, right? If I just par out, I'll shoot <laughs> fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that happens right. all the time, yeah. So to me, any thought that's taking you out of the present moment is going to hurt your performance. So whether it's negative or positive, it it's going to take you out of the present moment. So if you think that positive thoughts are better, then you're going to search for them when you don't have them, and that's going to take you away from the moment as well. So for me, when you start to realize that, oh, my feelings are coming from what I'm thinking about in the moment, 
you become empowered versus being a prisoner of a situation, whether it's the weather or your score or who you're playing with or how much money you're, you're putting on the line. So you're more empowered. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I remember last year when, uh, when Rory went on his, his tear at the end and won the British Open in 2014 in the PGA Championship, you know, he talked a lot about process and taking his mind off the result. Right. Do you think that is something that a weekend player, an average Joe, can take that could help shave a few strokes off of his game? By focusing on the process? Yeah. Uh, to me, that still sounds like a strategy. Um, to me, I would make it even simpler. I would say, just play. <laughs> you know, um, Here's a great story in the world of CrossFit. And uh, I was at the CrossFit Games this year, and last year, for the women... Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet won the CrossFit Games, and I was with her in New York City after she won, and I said, you know, I have to ask you, how did you win it? You know, it becomes more and more difficult every year. Um, what was your secret? What do you attribute your victory to? And she said, well, actually, it was quite easy. During the Games, I basically just said to myself, over the past 12 months while I was training, it was kind of like the movie was being filmed, and now, during competition, all I have to do is hit play. So I love that because that's her way of saying, I'm just going to trust my training. I'm just going to trust my skills versus I got to trust the process. I need to be positive. I need to use affirmation. Well, guess what? That's going to make you think more. Just saying that makes me get tighter. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, for somebody who doesn't train like a highly competitive athlete or you know, a PGA Tour player who's it's their profession, you know, for somebody who has a desk job and you know, works nine to five and and just goes out and plays on the weekends. How can you apply that sort of just play process if that the only time they get to practice or play are these spare moments where they want to perfect their yeah. their game or break 90 for the first time or break 80 for the first time, and they're just trying so hard to, to be technical. How do you get somebody like that to just think about basically nothing and just playing? Yeah, so the, here's the secret. Um, and if you're listening to this, write this down. Usually I, I tell people not to take notes and just be present, but this is uh, a Unless huge, you're driving. <laughs> unless you're driving, exactly. <laughs> um, so basically the, the key, the secret is not avoiding those negative thoughts when they pop up. It's what's your relationship to your thinking, mm. right? So, you know, I teach this to athletes all over the world from all different sports and even, you know, CEOs and musicians. <clears throat> But what, what people don't realize is that there's nothing wrong with a negative thought, right? Trust me, I have negative thoughts every single day of my life. But the difference between me and most people is I have a negative thought, and I know it's normal. I know it's just an illusion. It's temporary, and it's transitory. It's going to move out of my head um, on its own quickly. I mean, can you remember the last 10 thoughts you had just now, Corey? No. So that's how quickly our, our thinking <laughs> changes. So if you, don't, if you know that your feeling is coming from a thought, and if you don't like that thought, it's going to change on its own, the same way that the cloud, you know, moves uh, in front of the sun and, and goes away. Um, you know, here in New York City, if I'm waiting for the C train, can I control if the A train comes into the station? Uh, that's, that's out of your hands. Of course, right? So I can't control which train comes into the station, but I can control which train I get on. So if I'm waiting for the C train, it doesn't make sense to get on the A train because that's going to take me for a ride in the wrong direction. So those trains are our thoughts. We can't control what ridiculous and insecure and crazy thoughts come into our heads but we can control whether we believe them or not and you know when when we don't believe them we come back to the moment it's like if you had a bad dream 
tonight. Uh, and in your dream, Corey, I said, I hate your hair. I hate the clothes you're wearing. In fact, I hate you. Would you text me tomorrow and say, Ed, you know, can we have lunch and talk about it? You know, <laughs> you, you wouldn't because I, it, I don't it, think so. it didn't happen. It's a non-issue. Right. Well, our dreams are what we think about when we're sleeping. So if we don't concern ourselves with our thinking when we're sleeping, why the heck do we concern ourselves with our thinking during the day when we think, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm going to lose this or I can't believe I'm playing with this guy or the weather, you know, is terrible. It's, it's the same thing. People have nightmares, but people also have daymares, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I mean, people have has stressful lives. You know, they're busy. They have kids and they have jobs, and maybe maybe their boss was you know really you know kind of okay, a jerk. Okay, so that, freeze, that weekend, freeze so. right there. Okay, that is outside in thinking. So you're saying that people's lives are stressful. Well, people's lives aren't stressful. People have stressful thinking about their lives. You have someone in the same situation. One person can be feeling stress, and one person could say, "Oh, this is a challenge. I love it." bring it on hmm. right you look at a big tournament a big crowd one golfer can say oh man this is a huge crowd another golfer can say oh yeah this is what it's all about bring it on do you think that comes with some experience though too nope my daughter's my daughter's two and a half years old and she is 100 percent confident that she can cut my hair <laughs> okay you, if you gave her a lie detector test she would pass and she has no experience and she would not do a good job so it, it doesn't come from experience it comes from confident thinking and that's how we're wired. So that's actually a point I wanted to bring up. You know, our true nature is that of the zone and flow, which everyone talks about. But see, if you, if you look at a lot of different articles and magazines, they'll say, top five ways to build confidence. You don't need to. My daughter is extremely confident. She didn't read an article about it or read my book or, you know, take a course. She was born that way. And so as we get older, it's not that we're lacking it. Is that we're blocking it because we start believing the thoughts that pop up in our heads, and it's compelling because every thought feels real, even though it's not. Hmm. So, to take that back to the golf course, you know, or the driving range. I'm a driving range pro. You know, I stripe it on the range. Hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody else out there? <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I get to the first tee, and here I go. My I feel my heart rate start to pound. I get nervous. Yeah. You know, yeah. and. A lot of people say that nerves are, are, are a good thing. You know, it means you care, you're excited. Um, even if I'm just playing casually, it, it sometimes, you know, I, I feel that, like, uh, excitement to, to be on the course. Sure. Um, how can I channel that type of energy into um, something that's you know, gives me more confidence versus, you know, makes me f- sort of fear that or, or back away from that? Well, where does, when you start to feel nervous, where does that feeling come from? Um... I don't know. I, just, I, I would describe it as sort of like butterflies in my stomach, sort of like my heart starts beating a little faster. I feel like everything starts to move a little bit faster. I don't, I don't know really, really know where it comes from, though. Well, see, that's the secret. <laughs> that, that was a test. That was a pop quiz, and you failed. Oh, no. <laughs> Remember, every feeling comes from a thought. So the, if I'm feeling nervous, it's only because I'm having nervous thinking. But I may not know what the nervous thought is. It could just you know, I maybe triggered a nervous memory in my past. It's kind of like an iceberg. You see the tip of the iceberg above the water, but most of the iceberg is underneath. So most of our thinking is kind of underneath, and we may not know what it is, but we always feel it. Mm. So if you can start to realize that, oh, I'm nervous. I must be having nervous thinking. It's normal. Big deal. Mm. Right? And then it it comes and goes. And the feeling of nervousness coming and going is much better than the feeling of nervousness being in your face for the whole round. Yeah. So how can somebody take what you've said just now and shoot lower scores? Yeah. You know, how does that translate? Exactly. Great question. And a lot of people say, okay, I get it. I like it. How do I apply it? There's no application here. It's, it's the same way that, you know, when you 
if my daughter tonight woke up in the middle of the night and said, Daddy, Daddy, there's green monsters under my bed, would I build a green monster trap? No. What would I do? I would just tell her that green monsters don't exist, right? So I'm telling you that our mental demons, our mental monsters on the golf course are created from us, and, and they're, they're not real. And so once you realize that dreams are not real and thinking during the, the day or, you know, or when we're competing isn't real either, but, but it feels real, then we tend to not concern ourselves with them when they pop up. And when we don't concern ourselves with them, they tend to not pop up as often and we come back to the moment. Hmm. And that's when we play our best and feel our best. Interesting. So going back to what I said earlier, it's really about the relationship to our thinking, not actually the content of our thinking. Because every golfer has, you know, here's even tennis players, right? My friend is Tim Mayon, and he was former top ten in the world, and I had him on my podcast, and I asked him, what's the worst thing you ever said to yourself on the tennis court? He said, oh, that's easy. The worst thing I ever said to myself on the tennis court was, you are the worst tennis player in the history of the game. Okay? <laughs> and I said, you said that to yourself? He said, yeah, absolutely. Golfers Except- never talk <laughs> badly about themselves right, right. in their heads. And so, so I said, just out of curiosity, what were you ranked when you said that to yourself? He said, 10 in the world. <laughs> so, so what does that mean? That means if the number 10 tennis player in the world, an elite athlete, has those thoughts pop up, we're all going to have those thoughts pop up. But the difference between the Tim Mayots of the world and, and everyone else is that Tim Mayot has a thought pop up, and he knows it's normal. It's just random, like a subway train. Sometimes, you know, the right train comes in. Sometimes the wrong train comes in. It, and if you don't get on that thought, then it kind of just makes its way out of your head, hmm. which, which is great because it takes less effort on your part. So you're saying that even the best players in the world, best athletes in the world, have those negative thoughts absolutely that's one of the first things i ask people um you know i ask them do you ever get insecure do you ever get nervous and angry you know and negative absolutely last week i was with um the newly crowned miss new jersey usa it's beautiful you know we spent some time with her in princeton and uh the first question i asked her was do you ever get insecure without a doubt she said yes absolutely so Everybody from supermodels to elite athletes to billionaires. You know, I, I had, have a friend who was, is divorced, but her husband was a billionaire. All the money in the world, but she told me that it didn't work out because every day he went to the bank to count his money because he was so insecure about his finances. Ouch. So that's, that's thought because, you know, it comes from within versus our bank account or our skills or the score so do you think it's helpful to laugh and have fun and enjoy those moments where you could either become clutch or choke or do you think it's better to have this like laser focus like if have you ever been in a bad mood and you tried to make yourself think happy thoughts i'm I'm (laughs) never in a bad mood (laughs) right right now yeah of course it doesn't work it doesn't work but you'll naturally laugh about it when you have a different relationship to your thinking right so during, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, I was, went outside to walk my dogs, and it was freezing. It was cold. And my first thought was, oh, man, it's cold out here. How come my wife can't walk the dogs? You know, I'm tired. But because I know what I know, I knew that there was just, that was just one way to see it. So I didn't concern myself with those thoughts because it could have easily spiraled down, and I could have maybe gone back in and yelled at my wife or whatever, right, or kicked the dog. Oh. <laughs> um, but, but I didn't concern myself with those thoughts, and pretty quickly, 
they left my head and new thoughts replaced them and I actually said actually it's it's nice I like the crisp cool air and it's refreshing and I looked up and it was a full moon and I was like well I'm actually glad that my dogs had to go out because I almost missed the full moon so I I went from feeling annoyance to feeling gratefulness in a split second as quickly as my thinking changed but I didn't make myself change my thinking I didn't try to reframe it I naturally did that because I knew that thoughts are random and Mm -hmm. you know we don't need to believe them yeah you know people say don't believe everything you hear I say don't believe everything you think (laughs) yeah that's that's a good point um and there's a lot of time during an 18 hole round to think uh, you're really there's especially in golf yeah 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 Here, here's something that's helpful a lot of my clients that I work with at all levels what helps them is when we realize that our feelings are our internal compass our in, internal GPS then when we start to feel nervous or angry or frustrated that's kind of telling us it's like an alarm clock going off saying don't trust your thinking right now you know you're in a low state of mind and and then we tend to reset you know, if I'm holding a, a beach ball underwater and I want it to float to the surface, what do I have to do? Just let go. Let go, right? It yeah. naturally floats up. Well, our minds are the same way. When we're stressed, frustrated, angry, if we know it's just stressful and angry and, you know, negative thinking, we'll naturally go back up when we let go of that thought. The same way that if I cut my hand, I'll clean it and I'll put a Band-Aid on it. I don't have to make myself form a scab. You know, my body has this intelligence that heals itself. Well, our minds are the same way, but if we pick at a scab, it slows down the process. If we're frustrated and angry and we try to analyze it or use a technique, we're slowing down the process uh, like that beach ball going back up to the surface. You know, my daughter, the other day, she was crying her eyes out because I was holding my five-month-old son, and she wanted me to hold her, and it was like the end of the world. And almost instantly, she looked at the TV, and it was Sophia the First, and she was like, oh, you know, and she started, you know, it was like, she went from feeling the worst to her best in a split second. Hmm. So children are very resilient, and they bounce back. You know, as we get older, we believe our thinking, and then we kind of stay in that funk longer. You know, you don't, you don't drown by falling in water, you drown by staying there. So with my daughter, you know, she, she gets upset, but she gets over it. You know, when she was trying to walk, she didn't take a couple steps and fall over and say, oh, man, I didn't walk yesterday either. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'm not cut out for walking. Maybe I'll never walk. No, she just got back up and, and kept going until she got it. So that's our true nature. So if we apply that to going back to the golf course, if you, you think, oh, you're trying to hit this shot or you're trying to break 90 or 80 for the first time. Right. And, you know, you get so close, you get just one or two shots off. Obviously, it hurts to convince yourself, oh, I'll never – get there by saying like i'll never do fill in the blank well it only hurts if you believe that thought right remember so it's gonna have so people are going to obviously those kinds of thoughts those they're just gonna happen like people are gonna say that to themselves trust me the the golfers that i've worked with you know they've had thoughts of you know i'm gonna have a terrible score i stink maybe i should get a puppy what should i have for dinner right we (laughs) they have all these random thoughts pop up but the but the best ones don't care about those thoughts they don't freak out you know and and get distracted when they pop up so you're saying like trying to focus or trying to think positive is counterproductive yeah yeah you just play i mean can you tell can you remember a time where you played a great round yeah how would you describe it give me give me as many details as you can Mm. um it's been a while since i've played what i would call a great round it doesn't have to be Uh, recent uh, well thank goodness uh you're listening to this (laughs) right (laughs) I actually don't really remember a whole lot. There wasn't 
much going on. You know, I was just kind of in the moment. I, I think I had a song stuck in my head. Mm. Um, you know, I was just very rhythmic with okay, that song. So, so. so here's the million-dollar question. How did you do it? How did you play so well? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was just everything kind of, like, clicked, right? Okay. So you just said the, the million-dollar word, and you don't even realize you said it. Starts with a J. Just you said, I don't know. I, I just played, right? So, yeah. when when you just play, like I've asked that question to hundreds, maybe thousands of elite athletes, and I'll say, tell me about your best performance, and they'll just describe it. You know, oh, it was a home run in college, and you know, it was a beautiful day. It was against this team, and then I'll say, how did you do it? And they'll look at me like a deer in the headlights and say, I don't know. I I just did it, right? Mm. And so I, I usually have a piece of paper in my wallet that says the word just because that's what peak performances are made of. You know, you look at any athlete. I want you to next time listen to the post-game or post-match uh, or whatever interview and count how many times they say the word just. They're going to say, I, I just did it. It's almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm. And it's almost like, you know, you, you don't even remember a lot of it. Because it was just flowing. You were just mm. in the moment. You weren't in your head. That's why a lot of people say, oh, man, you played out of your mind because <laughs> you were out yeah. of your mind, right? Interesting. But, but what, do you, what do people say when you're you know, in a slump, right? Don't think so much or get out of your own head. Yeah. And that's it. And, and the great philosopher and the great late Yogi Berra said, mm. you can't think and hit at the same time. A full mind is an empty bat. Well, it's the same thing in golf, right? You can't think and hit at the same time. A full mind is an empty club. And earlier you said, you know, even if you're, you know, just a club player and, you know, you, you have a full-time job, it's, it's no different. You know, you, you don't – when you're practicing, you can think about your technique. But when you're competing, that's the worst time to think about technique. Just play. Do you think people's expectations hurt them? I keep going back to trying to shoot a certain score for the first time. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, I know I'm there. I know I can do it. I expect it to happen. Does that – is that counterproductive thought? It depends. Um, I don't even care whether you have that thought or not. Because in reality, you could you can have that go in and have that thought and play great, but you could also go in and have that thought and play terrible. Mm. You know, so it's a lot of times people say, "Oh, well, when I go into a, a match or a tournament, you know, I have negative thoughts," and I'm like, "Why is that bad?" I mean, there's plenty of times where. People have negative thoughts going into a tournament. They still crush it. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I think it's just playing one shot at a time. I mean, what's the saying in golf, right? The most important shot is the next one, mm-hmm. and and it's true, you know. But people are unable to do that because they don't understand what we're talking about. They don't understand where their feelings come from. They don't have a good enough relationship to their thoughts. Okay, so how can somebody develop that? You see, again. To me, that was a silly question. That's what I just heard was, Ed. How do I have this beach ball float to the surface? You know, or what do well, I? Everybody to... wants a technique, right? That's right. But but techniques and strategies create more thinking. When when you just told me about your great performance, you didn't use a technique. You just played, right? So why would we, when we're in a slump, try to apply it? I know why. Because it doesn't feel good, and, and our our physiology is affected by our negative thinking. Yeah. And uh, then we want to we want instant gratification, and that just makes the snowball roll down the hill. And it, before you know, it's an avalanche, and that's why people have slumps. There was a basketball player I worked with recently. He's trying to get into the NBA, and I did a few sessions with him. And he called me up a week later, and he's like, "I've been in the zone for the past five games." He said, I've never been in the zone for five games in an entire season, much less in a row. 
you know, what did you do to me? And I said, well, you know, you just learned how the mind worked. And as a byproduct, you know, you, you're playing in the zone more often. Mm. So that's all. There was no technique. There was no application. He just saw that. Holy crap. It's true. Nothing outside of me can affect how I feel. And he, he was empowered. And he still missed shots, but he was okay with it mm. because it's part of the game. Yeah. Interesting. So to wrap things up, I'm not going to ask you again to give us the, the tips or the strategies because <laughs> right. I know where that's going to go. That's but right. <laughs> if you could tell just the average show, the average golfer, you know, the 15 to 25 handicap player, if you could wrap this up into a bow and say, you know, take, take this out of, out of this interview today, what would that be? I would just say that, you know, the next time you have a, a negative or insecure or angry thought on the course, see if you can just, you know, not make a big deal and just hit the next ball and see what happens. You, you might be surprised at how quickly it, it goes away um, without any effort on your part. You know, and the more you can see that those thoughts we feel, but they're just like dreams, they're not real, then you, you, you'll start to believe them less and less, and then your performance goes up and up. That's what I would say. Great. Ed, thank you very much for coming today. Thank you. It was a pleasure to have you. Likewise. Thanks to Ed and Corey for giving us some advice today on the mental game. And thank you for tuning in to the Golf Digest podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.